When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now. So let us tell you something you do want to hear. You are intelligent. You make all the right decisions. You were smart before smart was cool, and you made it cool again. You have a wealth of knowledge, and you are so very clever. (laughs) I bet you already knew I was going to say that, you genius. There, don't you feel better? You'll also feel better when you hear you could save big when you switch to Progressive. But I'm pretty sure you already knew that, too. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Welcome Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. The Black Oak and Oklahoma, the South Summer's finest casual hockey hotel. And Marish is in Crestville. Family owned and operated since 1933. Let's drop the puck. We get to talk after an amazing and emphatic Blackhawks victory with NBCChicago.com's James Novo. It just goes to show you, and for all the panic we've had and hand-wringing we've had, over the last guy, handful Jay of games. Really, you know, frankly, they didn't play well. There's no arguing that. Um, you net. see what this team can do when it, when it wants to make a statement. And last night, that was an effing statement, man. They mm-hmm. they came out and pounded the Penguins. That, that first period could have been 5 or 6 nothing easily. And the Hawks just, there were a couple that just happened to hit Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, I know the Penguins had a lot of important players out, so I'm not going to say... You know, if this is the Stanley Cup final, it's going to look like this. No, of course not. No way. But they're still a very good team on their home ice, on national TV, and the Hawks just stomped them. And it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a, it was a nice uh, respite from the drudgery. Is that a word? Drudgery. Yes. That has been the last handful of games. So it was a nice way to bounce back for the Hawks, and hopefully they're getting hot at the right time and not peaking too soon. I thought it was a tremendous statement uh, going into a series of games that are going to be really important. I know that Florida and Tampa, those games obviously were not great, but now you're getting into the real, I think, definitive part of the schedule where you're taking on Pittsburgh. You're going to take on Columbus tomorrow night. You're going to take on a Boston team who's battling for a playoff spot. 
you got a West Coast trip coming up where you're going to play Anaheim and Los Angeles next week. This this trip and these games, I think, are really giving us kind of a good idea of what we can expect from the Blackhawks as they kind of enter this final home stretch of the season. And I know the Western Conference lead and the division championship, the Blackhawks are really close to wrapping both of those things up. But I'd still like to see them kind of finish off the season strong against those teams. Get your guys some rest when you need to. I think that's probably why they called up Vincent Henestroza today. You're going to start seeing some kind of shuffling in the lineup just to get vets maybe a night off or some shifts off or whatever. But I still want to see the Blackhawks finish well against some teams that frankly are pretty good. And I think that begins tomorrow night because Columbus, as we both know, they've been a hell of a team all season and they continue to be. Yeah, I'm really uh, I'm I cannot wait to watch that game. I, I've been sort of fascinated by how quickly the Blue Jackets have turned things around. They've got a lot of good, obviously Brandon Saad, Sergei Bobrovsky. They've got a lot of good players on that team. Uh, last year, I think there was a lot expected of them, and they fell really, really short of expectations. This year, they're blowing expe- expectations away, and they had that incredible streak of what nine hundred straight wins or something like that, <laughs> where they were just blowing the socks off the league. Um, it's good that different teams are involved. I like that. And when the league talked about having parity and blah, 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 it's finally starting to show up at least a little bit in the Eastern Conference. We're also seeing Calgary and Edmonton re-enter uh, the Western Conference playoffs, which is, you know, maybe not the greatest for American television. But, look, the Calgary Flames are a really good team. They've got Johnny Gaudreau. If his finger didn't get slashed off last night in a ridiculous game we'll talk about later. Uh, And Connor McDavid now on the national uh, spotlight, which is great. So uh, I'm excited about the playoffs. I want them to get here. But you're right. As we get down the stretch here, um, keep some guys healthy, play some kids more, cut some minutes here and there. There's nothing really valuable to uh, achieve at this point anymore. So uh, go into the playoffs healthy. And ready to go, and uh, I cannot wait, man. I think it's going to be great, and I think the Hawks are going to make a nice run this year. I completely agree with you. I feel like the, I just I feel like as soon as you lock up home ice, you're you're probably not going to win the President's Trophy because you would have to jump over Washington, and I just don't, I don't think that's going to happen. It doesn't seem like that's uh, in the cards this year, and that's fine. I think you, as long as you can nail down home ice in the western conference portion of the playoffs i think that's a good accomplishment i know the blackhawks are a hell of a road team this year they tied their franchise record last night for most road wins in a season so really not a lot that you are kind of worried about with the blackhawks right now i think that you can still have your quibbles about whether they're quick enough on the back end whether their defensemen can deal with speedy forwards but i think as the playoffs get started you see that pace kind of start to go down a little bit and it'll kind of stop being as much of an issue as it has been. You saw several guys get turned around last night. Brian Campbell, Nick Jalmerson, Duncan Keith all got burned on plays last night. But I think outside of that, this team has everything that you want a team to have. They've got Corey Crawford, who last night played an excellent game, thought he did really well. They've got some incredible depth scoring. You've got guys like Richard Panic, who I believe – is either tied with or is one goal ahead now with Brandon Saad, which is completely, that's mind-blowing stuff right there. And then you've also got your Marion Hosas, your Jonathan Taveses, and oh yeah, that Patrick Kane guy who is now the second leading scorer in the NHL again. Just another ungodly game from him. That guy is playing unconscious right now. It is 
ludicrous watching what he's doing. That move that you pointed out last week. The, oh my God. The backhanded move as you go around the net, pulled it off again last night, had the touch pass in the neutral zone to Marcus Kruger. Just all your hockey senses just were, you know, basking in that last night as Patrick Kane ran roughshod over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Well, that pass to Kruger was a thing of beauty, and we see there's a lot of plays that Patrick Kane makes that are very obvious where you're like, damn, that was a – terrific pass or a great shot whatever that the touch it takes to put a puck that's coming your direction directly on Marcus Kruger's stick in stride there's a handful of guys in the league that can do that with that sort of accuracy and that sort of uh poise and control and Patrick Kane's one of them and that was incredible by the way Brandon Saad 22 goals so tied with Richard uh Panic okay I, I knew it was close <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't remember whether Panic had 23 or 22, so I appreciate you looking that up for me so I didn't have to mash away at the uh, laptop. By the way, I feel like what I should do is every time I do that now, I should get punished and I should have to put money into like a show pot and we like donate it to charity or buy something for listeners or whatever. What do you think? I don't think that's necessary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just I, I felt like I, I would... I felt like I would offer, you know, I feel bad that I do it, and it's a habit I'm trying to break, so, you know, figured I'd throw it out there, man. You are uh, too generous and too hard on yourself, my friend. Um, no, it's I don't think that's necessary. By the way, speaking of uh, charity, we had an emailer this week, and I know it's not time for emails yet, but I want to make sure I mention this. A uh, listener named Jen, who offered to the show, for whatever reasons we might need, an authentic, brand new Marion Hosa jersey. Um, to give away at a, uh, you know, if we have a broadcast or something like that, um, that's pretty incredible. And I wanted to talk to you about it, but now we're doing it on the air. Uh, I'm sure we can find a home for that. I just, uh, I want her to think about it before she gives us an authentic host of Jersey. <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's places or people that would appreciate it more, but, uh, damn, that's a very, uh, generous offer. Um, and, uh, speaking of generosity, our, our listeners continue to come through, on our Patreon site, uh, if you'd like to support the podcast, patreon.com slash madhousepod. Uh, plenty of donation options there, but I'm not going to inundate you with that. But go check it out. See what you like, and uh, you know, I'm sure there'll be something you can do on there for us. And it, again, every penny we make goes to the podcast, equipment for the podcast, uh, things like that. None of it is done as profit for James or I. Yeah, you just uh you went and bought something more for the podcast with uh podcast money. So yeah, we're we're still, you know, upgrading. We're still we're doing exactly what we promised we're doing. We have not embezzled any of the money yet. You should all be very proud of us. I'm glad you threw in there yet. <laughs> <laughs> well come on, man. I can't I can't in good conscience say like, oh yeah, like We'll never do – you and I are just evil people, Jeff. Yeah, That's... you never know. One of us might get in a jam or, you know, get caught with some hookers and blow and need some bail money. Uh, but, again, that benefits the podcast. If we're in jail, we can't do a podcast. Agreed. Yeah, and I think that it's especially good to start, like, kind of saving up for a legal defense fund since the NHL draft's going to be here at the end of June. We're going we're gonna to need to be able to kind of bail some folks out of jail if we need to. So Definitely. Definitely. I personally, what I would like to do with the Marion Hosa jersey, and I'm just thinking about this out loud, is we should do an event during the NHL draft weekend and have that be like a charity raffle thing. Great idea. Done. Let's do that. 
Okay. We'll see if uh, Marishka's or uh, Black Oak want to host us. Black, they both have done great jobs in the past. We'll make them bid for our services. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, we'll why see. don't we? We'll, we'll pick. We'll see which one is like closer to public transit from Chicago, so we can get like our listeners from out of town if they come in. We want to be able to do something with those guys too. So absolutely, I, I'm sure as the time approaches, we are going to have. We'll have more off-air production meetings, which, by the way, I think the on-air production meeting might have to be a segment now. Oh, people like them because they chime in. Yeah, they and they always have like really good ideas, which are much better than anything we come up with. Oh, so, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. By the way, um, you mentioned a draft. Uh, next weekend is the final, uh, not final four, the Frozen Four yeah. at the United Center. Make sure you check out our special edition interview with uh, hockey scout Sean White. He scouted the... Uh, frozen four for us a nice preview so check that out that's posted uh individually from the other podcast but that was also recorded uh tonight thursday night march 30th so we appreciate sean's time so check that out speaking of the frozen four i know you're covering it correct i wanted to go and get tickets and i waited i know i'm a dumbass but did you know that you cannot buy individual game tickets for the frozen four you have to buy the entire thing so it's a good value. It's three games for $175 a ticket, which is good. If you're going to all three, I just right. want to go to one. I can't. So I want to go see the Notre Dame Denver game on the sixth, and I want to buy tickets for it, but I can't. I have to buy the whole block, which is stupid. Yeah, Major League Baseball, like I thought for sure they were going to try to jack me out of money when I bought tickets to the World Baseball Classic. I thought for sure they'd be like, no, you can only buy a package of three games or more. Nope. Individual game tickets, bottom, I think it was like 30 bucks a piece, got to sit six rows from the field at Petco Park. So apparently Major League Baseball has a leg up on the NCAA. Cue some breaking news music because that is crazy to me. Who knew? Who would yeah. think such a thing? Man, it's, no just, idea, uh, man. it's frustrating. I really wanted to go, especially with Notre Dame in it. Uh, I know they're, I think they're the only team of the Frozen Four that's not a number one seed. So they've got their work cut out for them uh, with Denver or the winner of the Harvard-Minnesota-Duluth game. Um, but, man, it's good to see my favorite football team uh, succeeding at hockey, being as good at hockey as they are. And speaking of uh, Notre Dame, you mentioned it earlier, Vincent Henestros is back. Uh, I love that kid. I don't know if he's going to be much of an NHL player. Um, I do think he's an NHL has an NHL future. I just don't know what it is, but I love watching that dude play. So I'm glad he's back. Can I confess something? Uh, it's not Sinbin time, but sure. It, it's not really a Sinbin thing. I, for some reason, my brain defaults to every time I hear the name John Hayden. I think he went to Notre Dame. I don't know why. <laughs> I repeatedly have told myself no, he did not, and I do it every single time. I think it now. But it's still there, and it will not go away. And I don't know what to do. My my brain has officially ceased to be useful, and it was a really nice run. I made it about thirty some odd years before my brain decided to betray me. So it's all downhill from here. I fear. Hey man, that, I think you made it farther than anyone thought you would. I'm, <laughs> I'm impressed by. Uh, I'm impressed with what you did. It's very. That's, very such, good. that's such a jerk statement, man. It totally is. There's no doubt about it. Uh, he went to Yale. I know he did. Yes. And if you'd like to order yourself a Yale John Hayden jersey to remind yourself, you might be able to find that at Triple Threat Sports. I don't want to speak for them because I don't know, honestly. But uh, give them a call. See what they got. 
If not, get a Hawks John Hayden jersey. I like that number 40. It will look just like it looks on the ice at the United Center. It's not one of those cheap knockoff Chinese jerseys. Look, look at this authentic I got for six bucks at a bar. No, sir. That's a piece of crap. Take it off. You look like a moron. Go to Triple Threat Sports to get your NHL jerseys. But also, as Mike North used to say, if you have a team, baseball season's underway, right around the corner. My daughter, the Cubs, are, her team is getting ready for the Homewood baseball season. I'm sure your uh, 16 and softball team's getting ready. Mm-hmm. Go get your uniforms from Triple Threat Sports. They will look fantastic. They'll help you design the logo, the fitting, all the off-ice apparel or the you know coaching apparel, jackets, hats, anything you need. Triple Threat Sports will hook you up, and you will look awesome. Again, it's not just hockey, baseball, softball, football, lacrosse, and more. You will look like a professional team in the midst of other bum teams that have just T-shirts. So for more info, call Chris at 708-478-6090. That's 708-478-6090. Or email him for more info at chris at triplethreatsports.com. Triple Threat Sports, if you can wear it, they can make it, my friend. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm in a weird mood. No, it's all good, man. I had a, I had like three asides that came up while you were doing that ad read, so I'm going to go ahead and knock those all out real quick. First Do it. of all, I'm looking forward. I am going to come up and see uh, Addy play a baseball game, if that's okay with you. Um, Listen, I, I welcome you to a six-year-old's baseball game. Okay. Um, In the third inning, you will begin to fashion yourself a noose. Yes. And look for a tree branch. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, there are many trees in Homewood, so this should not be difficult. <laughs> You're right. I was driving down, uh, what street was that? I think it was Western. It said, You're in an Arbor Town or something. I'm like, Oh, cool. <laughs> I guess, like, having a lot of trees, you get a plaque. <laughs> I did not know that. That's kind of remarkable. Well, right now, uh, Homewood is basically underwater. It is nonstop rained here for seven months. Um, we have a little bit of water in our basement, but we are the only house. Uh, in our, I, it's a subdivision, but it's not like a fancy gate. It's just what they call the little square area I live. Mm-hmm. Um, we're the only house with a sump pump. Wow. So that's good. Everyone else has got water in their basement, just little stuff, but it's just, we are a uh, marshy area. Mm-hmm. So our backyard is just, anytime our, our dog Ray goes out, she has to come in. She's gotten her paws clean so many times that she literally comes in the door and just lays down with her paws up. Yep. Like, all right, let's get this over with. That's exactly what I'm, <laughs> I'm actually dog sitting out in Watsika this week. And that's exactly what the uh, corgis are having to do. So every time they come bouncing back into the house, I have to wipe their paws off. The sump pump is working perfectly here. Knock wood. It's been going really well. Kudos to that. Kudos to the guys who fixed my parents chimney, because I think that's where a lot of the water was coming from. So kudos to whatever company did that. But that's not my other aside. Yeah, sorry. My, my, Go ahead. My other aside has everything to do with what you said about knockoff jerseys. Because I had a tweet last night about the guys who were behind the Penguins bench last night during Pierre Maguire's little interview segment wearing knockoff jerseys. Dude, for the love (laughs) of God, if you are going to shell out money to stare at the back of Pierre Maguire's head, please allocate some resources to buying authentic jerseys so you don't look like a giant pudwack on national tv look it doesn't Please even have and to thank you it doesn't even have to be authentic you can go buy a nice replica jersey 
that's NHL licensed for 100 bucks. You don't need to go pay $400 for an authentic. I get that. That's ridiculous. It's a lot of money. Only certain people want to do that. But I, don't buy, if it's from if it, you're in a bar and a guy with three teeth and a cigarette dangling between comes up to you and says, hey, man, I got myself some Hawksters using the back of my truck. You want to buy one? It's not authentic. I know it's got a fight strap, and I know someone in China or Indonesia sewed Reebok on there. It's not a real jersey. Don't buy it. Look at it. You you sound like you've been to a lot of bars in St. Louis with that impression you just did. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, no, my Southern accent, I've been listening to the, um, you know, Serial, the famous podcast Serial. There's a new uh-huh. one called S-Town uh, about this. I can't even begin to explain it, but it, the, all the characters are from Alabama. So mm. it's like the really deep South accent. It's mm. it's and it kind of hangs with you when you listen to because I binge listened. I listened to all seven episodes in three days. Jesus. So yeah, I I binged it. So now I'm like heavily influenced by the Alabama accent. But I, check it out. The S, if once you've listened to all our podcasts, of course, this this new S town is very very fascinating and weird. And uh, I'll tell you, man, if you're two episodes in. And you're starting to get a little fatigued. Hold tight because it's going to take a total 180 and change <laughs> on you. So stick it out. It's worth it. Seven episodes. I, I think the longest one is maybe an hour 10. So check them out. So last night, as the two marquee teams in the NHL, the Blackhawks and Penguins, are playing on NBCSN, the crew of Milbury and Keith Jones decided to uh, delight us with tales from the uh, stupid-ass Kings and Flames game because it was full of fights. Um, I am just, you know, yesterday, I don't know if our listeners saw this, um, but an unsealed document came out, um, regarding concussions, specifically the Martin Havlett injury after the Cronwall hit, uh, that was mm-hmm. back in 09 when Havlett was with the Blackhawks and, um, some exchanges between doctors and league officials and referees that just turn your stomach. It's easy to find if you want to find it. I also tweeted that, so go find that at Jay Zawoski 670. But on the day that that comes out, and it's a bad look for the league, it's a bad look for everybody involved, you have Stephen Walcom, the head of officiating, saying these leftist tree-hugging hippies want to tell us that concussions are ruining the game, blah, blah, blah. When that kind of crap comes out, that night you've got Mike Milbury calling for a bloodbath because uh, 10 days ago Matthew Kachuk gave uh, Drew Doughty an elbow to the face, and they, each guy had a comment about it in the media, and they were just, oh, there's going to be a war tonight. And then Milbury's discussed that the game was not violent enough. This is the face of your league in America. Mike Milbury is your main studio host on NBCSN, and that's the message he's portraying on that day. This is not about fighting. It's not about should it or should it not be in the game. We've had that discussion a hundred times. Mm-hmm. We're not getting into it again. But is this the sort of message you want your league portraying on its national broadcast on one of the most, uh, I would assume, I haven't seen the ratings yet, but I would assume Hawks-Penguins up against... It's going to be a pretty no- highly rated game, yeah. Of course, up against nothing uh, sports-wise, did pretty well last night, and that's what the hockey fans saw uh, was was one meatball nut uh, nutbag uh, just pining for guys to kill each other. It was absolutely ridiculous, and I hated it, and it pissed me off. What do you expect from a guy that tried to beat somebody with his shoe? Well, see, that, that's the thing. And 
I, I and you're right. I shouldn't expect more from Milbury either because that's what he is. That's what he's always been. He's not going to change. What I want is for the NHL to find someone with a different thought. To find someone who offers something different than old-time hockey and retribution and back in my day we used to drop the gloves. Okay, fine. Great. There was a time and place for that. Give me something new. Give me something fresh. There's got to be somebody. Go drop the gloves outside with a homeless dude if you're really wanting to get your rocks off with a fight. Seriously, dude. I'm tired of him beating that same drum over and over again. Not everything in the NHL has to get solved with, oh, there's not a Donnie Brook, it's not right, dude, hockey fight, I just drooled all over myself, which I imagine Mike Milbury has done three or four (laughs) thousand times in his life. Well, that was a good impersonation. I I just, again, I'm I'm very on the fence about fights because Bob Probert was one of my, one of the people that got me to love hockey, Okay. And it wasn't Bob Probert's goal scoring that made me love hockey, right? It was the fact that he was the baddest-ass dude to ever release him up. Uh, the guy was the, the heavyweight champ of all time. I don't think there's much of an argument about it, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I also had the uh, temporary privilege and then later regret of working with Bob Probert after he retired, where at first he was a delightful guy, happy to be there, happy to have a new opportunity in his career. He would bring his daughters to work with him so they could watch him be on the radio. Then his daughter stopped showing up a little bit, and then he would start to show up late. And then when he did show up, he'd be covered in sweat. And then he would just stop showing up altogether. And then a couple years later, he was dead. Okay, so while I loved hockey fights, and when one happens in the game, I'm still excited about it. The meatball in me comes out, the bloodlust in me comes out, and and I enjoy watching it. It's hard for me to fully... Uh, just let go though like I did in the past and just say yeah kick his ass we know too much now the science is too clear and we've seen too many people Derek Pugard Steve Monitor Bob Probert uh, Rick Rippin uh, Wade Belak all these guys have all played within the last 10 years and they're all dead yeah there's a problem here and it's not just from fighting of course not but you see the way these guys they handle the stress of fighting they medicate with illegal narcotics. They drink so they can sleep. It's just, it's it's a vicious cycle. And while it was great in the 80s and 90s, and before we knew all this stuff about it, now that we learn more, I guess you say ignorance is bliss. I think that these guys have to change the way they talk about it because the science has changed and yeah. the facts have changed. And it just bugs me that instead of that, you have Mike Milbury on NBCSN last night saying, Oh, you know, the political correct world wants us to worry about concussions. No, we want you to worry about player safety and these guys' livelihoods as they go on and their families. This is a damn game. And literally their existences after they're done playing hockey. Exactly. Bob Probert leaves. I know he has at least two children behind Mm -hmm. that should have these years of his retirement to celebrate with him and live a great life with him. I worked with Patrick Manley for a couple of years at the score. That's a guy who made pretty good money in his NFL career. Not not great money, but good money where he can retire and just live life. I'm watching that dude live his life with his daughter and his wife, traveling the world, going to do charitable things uh, in you know impoverished nations, making the best of his retirement, taking advantage of the career he had. Guys like Bob Probert, who had to fight to stay in the league, uh, you know they're they're robbed of that and and to start celebrating and calling people basically pussies for not liking the way uh you know fighting his though i guess the way the science is proven 
Uh, it's not a pussy thing. It's a concern for humanity thing. And that's just, and you know, I, I don't know. I know people are going to write us back and tell us to toughen up and not be pussies, but whatever. I don't want to see another hockey player die so I can watch a slap fight for 10 minutes. I, 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 I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of at a loss here. Sorry. You're, just re- you're reminding me of, you know, reading the stuff that Daniel Carcillo has written about being a fighter. You're reminding me, I know it's not hockey, but you're reminding me of Aubrey Huff talking about how he took Adderall when he was a major league baseball player and how at certain point at one point he actually was on the verge of killing himself because of the stuff that he was doing to his body the chemicals he was taking to stay playing it's unreal the sacrifices that these guys make and the things that they do in the moment to stay in the sport and the more you hear these stories I feel like the more you just kind of think about that as guys like Milbury go off on these tangents about how meeting fist with face is something that you should do as a hockey player to stand up and be a man and yada yada. And that old school barbarian attitude is hopefully it's going to die out someday because I would much prefer watching a guy like Patrick Kane dish the puck at center ice to Marcus Kruger than I would to see Ryan Hartman throwing gloves with Dan Hughes. Really, like, I I prefer a well-executed goal to a fight any day of the week, and I, I feel like too often we just default, and I'm guilty of it too. I have the same thing that you have, Jay. If I see a, a, a big fight in hockey, if I see a guy get laid out in football on a big clean hit over the middle, that, like, machismo, that, like, macho part of yourself, like, gets real giddy about it, but I think I don't hold on to it as much as I used to because then I start remembering the, you know, the dementia of older players and the plights that they've had to go through and all the early deaths and all that. And it's been an incredible experience getting to that point where I don't just get caught up in the, you know, emotion of the moment and just let it carry me away. It kind of hits and then it fades away really quickly because I realize that there's a there's a price that you pay for every punch that lands or every hit that you absorb. There is a price, and these guys obviously nowadays know what they're getting themselves into, but that still doesn't make it any easier for me to just stand by and watch it and watch people condone it because, frankly, I'm getting to a point where I'm just not able to kind of justify its existence in the game anymore. Well, I'm the same way, and I'm not going to criticize people who do like fighting, okay? That's fine. I, it's it's cool. I, it's entertaining as hell. I understand that. And if you can separate the uh, the outcome, like the long-term outcome from the moment, cool. I'm seriously, I'm not judging anyone. I just want to be clear what I'm saying here. To have your league spokesman on a bad day visually for the league to come out and root for a bloodbath say that I hope this game goes to overtime, I'm enjoying it so much, blah, 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 blah. It's a terrible look, and it's so out of touch. And maybe the league doesn't censor their announcers, and maybe that's a good thing. But at the same time, Milbury's got to know. These guys, look, Milbury, he played with a lot of, and coached a lot of these guys who have gone on and died or have had serious you know, post-career issues. It's not being a pussy. It's not being a tree hugger. It's not being politically correct. The science is the science. It's been proven. Derek Bugard's brain proved to have CTE when they studied it. And it wasn't from, you know, uh, speed skating. It wasn't, you know what I mean? It's it's just to, to, to push back against it 
and to say if you you know if you're forcing these beliefs on us uh you're a pussy or you're a you're a uh a liberal you're you're, you're the pc bag. police right exactly that's not it i i think that changing a long-held opinion because the science has changed if that's liberal then fine i'm a liberal great yeah well we're just a bunch of sjw's jay and that's apparently all we do is <laughs> worry about feelings and we're snowflakes and we're triggered and whatever other words you want to kind of casually cast at us, I guess. All right, let's have some fun. We've been, yeah, I, I think we've, it's, not, it's yeah. been too serious. Let's, uh, let's get some laughs out. Sorry about the, I'm not, you know what? I'm not sorry. Uh, sometimes we are passionate about these things and I think it's why people listen to us, uh, but we don't want to do all serious, all, you know, no uh, way, man. Uh, depressing. Ser- shut up, Alexa. Do you hear that? <laughs> Cheeky, did you hear that? Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't say anything like that name. Did I? <laughs> this happened every week we've had the podcast. She must just assume, like, someone's down here yelling. They must be talking to me. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no Alexa here, so I don't have to worry about that. All I have is a Dennis Rodman McDonald's <laughs> cup, which I have no idea where my mom dug that out of. So that's a little weird. But anyway, Hang on. yes, I believe it's time for fun. Hang on. Alexa, shut the hell up. Compelling radio. She had right no here. response to that. Yeah. <laughs> she just blinked at me. I, um, I feel like we I feel like we just like stole a bit from uh, Pardon My Take, the bad radio bit, where you're just going to yell at Alexa. <laughs> well, I, I was <laughs> no. hoping she'd respond back. Um, all right. You ready to do – we haven't done it in a couple weeks, but you ready to do the sin bin? I am. I've got a good sin bin this week, so let's do it. Let's enter the sin bin on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. You go to the box, you know, uh, two minutes by yourself, and you feel shame, you know. And then you get free. The Sin Bin is brought to you by our pals at Marishka's Restaurant, 604 Theodore Street in Crest Hill, just west of Route 53, 815-723-9371. We talk to you about Marishka's every week. I'm just going to shoot from the hip on this one, okay, because I don't feel like reading. I'm fired up. I'm triggered, like you said. So I'm just going to tell you about, about Marishka's. They've got the world's best poor boys, okay? So if you've ever had a craving or if you've ever tasted a poor boy, Go to Marishka's. It'll be the best one you've ever had. I promise you that. If you're not a poor boy person for some reason, get the Icelandic cod. It's some of the best you'll ever have there. They've got steaks. They've got burgers. They've got chops. Everything's handmade on premises. They've got awesome gigantic onion rings, double baked potatoes the size of a football. Everything you need that tastes delicious. You want something awesome? Go to Marishka's. You will find it. I don't care what kind of food you eat. They have it for you. They've got a full carryout menu, a full bar with craft brews, great craft brews, and banquet facilities for up to 110 people. So visit marishkas.com or check them out on Facebook. They're open seven days a week, closed only on Easter, Christmas, the 4th of July, and Thanksgiving. Go to Marishkas. They're amazing. You'll love it, I promise. James, go on with your sin. Okay, Jay, so you, as many of the listeners know, I recently accepted a full-time position at NBC Chicago, so I am now working five days a week, give or take, at the Tower in Chicago. It's fantastic. The commute in, I thought was going to be a nightmare. It's been really good so far. I love being able to listen to podcasts, read books, do whatever I want on the train, get into the office, get to hang out with the coworkers that 
basically until now I've only really interacted with on Slack and other kind of social media like that. All of it's been fantastic. It literally, though, has taken me a couple of weeks of doing this to develop a very unhealthy distaste for tourists in Chicago. The route that I take to work, I have to walk up the Mag Mile from Millennium Station to get to NBC Tower. And so ultimately, you're going to come across people taking selfies on the Chicago River Bridge or in front of the Tribune Building or whatever. And I have repeatedly, three or four times already, now passively, aggressively, whatever you want to call it, walk through people's pictures because I'm sick of having to wait for everybody to get done taking photos. And I feel like they're inconveniencing everybody else, so I have no qualms about inconveniencing them. And I would like to know, am I sinning by doing that? You're kind of being a dick. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. Because, you know, this part of working downtown, and I know you're new at it, but... um. And I know they can be in your way and they can be slow and they can be annoying. But part of the reason our city is as beautiful as it is, at least where you're speaking of, um, is because of those tourists. So I say welcome them. Don't be like a meatball hockey fan. It's like, I was a fan and when they sucked. Don't be that way. Welcome people to our beautiful city. Um, and uh, I, I think you'll get over it. You'll get used to it. You'll find a way. You'll find a shortcut or something like that. You'll find a way to navigate through it. I will say on the bridge on Michigan Avenue. Um, you just sometimes want to flip people right over it. Yeah, that's kind of what I, that's kind of what's ended up happening. In fact, I think that at least two of the instances that I'm thinking of did occur on the bridge. And you've killed and them. In bo- and in both cases, in both cases, I tried to wait. I gave them about 15, 20 seconds. And then I was just like, you know what? You're taking too damn long. And I just walk right on through. All right. If, so if it's I, you getting annoyed, I know it's egregious. Because you're a pretty okay. easygoing dude. Uh, so am I with that sort of stuff. So, uh, of course, there's a time and a place to be like, okay, can I please, can we can we not, like, can you be prepared? It's like, uh, it's not the same thing, but today, a uh, co-worker called. Uh, let's call him uh, Les G. No, that's too obvious. Let's call him L. Grobstein. Um, he called up and he's like, uh, I need the number for a person in promotions. They have something of mine. I'm like, okay, Les uh, the number is 312. He's like, hang on, let me grab a pen and paper. Like, why would you not do that before you called me? You got to forgive him, man. It's that time of day. He, like, probably has just woken up from his momentary stasis because I don't know when that dude sleeps. I don't think he does. He's yeah, like, I don't a, think he... he's, yeah. Cyborg. Yeah. yeah he, he's, a, he's a nice man. It just, today I was like, it was the lessiest thing of all time. All right. <laughs> so here's my confession. Um, I'm having an affair. No, I'm just Yes! Um, well, it, my, my confession's kind of like this. Okay, here's the story. Wait, did you have a did you have a meal with a woman who wasn't your wife? <laughs> I, I was hoping you'd bring that up. What a creep ass. God, okay, that sorry. is so that's so weird. I'm I will sorry. not have dinner with a woman that's not my wife. Okay, oh cool. Because you can't you can't help but sexualize every woman you walk past. You creep ass. Well, clearly, look at his policies in Indiana. He clearly does that. Anyway, anyway. we're not getting political here. No. Whoa. Okay, so here's the story. Uh, by my old house in Payless Heights, there's a uh, a newish taco place. It's really good. It's only getting better as they're sort of you know finding their groove. There's a woman there that runs the restaurant. Her parents own it, but she manages, she's the waitress, she takes orders, she sort of does all the work. And she's attractive. 
She's very cute. I have a thing for Latinas anyway. And I've really been playing it up with hope. Like, oh, you know, like just kind of because she doesn't care. She doesn't get mad. We just joke around about that stuff. So um, the other day we ordered from there and I called and placed the order. And she's like, okay, you know, 15 minutes. And I walked in and she goes, I knew it was you when I heard your voice on the phone. And I was like, oh, my God. I I know. Suddenly I was like, uh, this got a little bit real. Yeah, the joke has now taken on a very interesting um, new direction. Well, look, you know I would never, ever cheat on my wife. But I have to – here's my sin, I guess, is my sin. Am I wrong for, like, enjoying the fact that a girl that I find attractive also thinks I'm attractive? I'm never going to act on it. I, I'm never going to – I don't know her last name. I'm never going to see her outside of the restaurant. Is it bad that I think it's cool that another woman aside from my wife thinks I, I'm somewhat cute? Um, No, I don't think so. Um, I think the only way that I would um, flag you with a penalty for that is if you – if you, like – Kind of led her on, I guess. That would I be... Didn't lead her by no, 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 no. Shut tacos? up, shut up, shut up, <laughs> shut up. You, you know what I'm saying, Jay. It is perfectly okay to enjoy the fact that someone finds you attractive. But if you, like, even subconsciously, even, like, inadvertently, if you realize you're, you know, shoveling some coal onto the fire, so to speak, that's when it becomes not cool. So you sound like you're okay right now. Just make sure, take it easy, man. Just so you're keep... saying like, don't go in there and, and make small talk or chat or flirt with her. Basically, yeah. That's okay. Kinda, so all right, that's what I'm going with there. Let I me think, ask you yeah. this then: If I do that, right? If I go in, the, let's say I order from there, which you do all the time when I'm at my parents' house, and I go in there and I say, "How's business? How's everything going?" That's not. Uh, that's not flirting you jerk you know okay i don't know I, i'm trying to i want to find out what's acceptable and what's not Quit being such a prude man <laughs> <laughs> well here's the whole thing started because last summer when we were still in payless hope and i had a garden that just for whatever reason the only things that took off in the garden were jalapenos and ghost peppers <laughs> which are like cool i'll use one ghost pepper in a year i had hundreds of ghost peppers so I said to her, I'm like, if I brought some produce in, we have too much. We can't do anything with it. Would you use it for your food? She's like, absolutely. We'll take jalapenos. And if like, we had tomatoes and some other like uh, tomatillos, stuff like that. So I brought every now and again, I would bring her a bag of produce at, when I ordered. Not just like, I'm here. Here you go. You know, but when we go in there and make hey, a point. Hey, baby, to I got some... some spicy peppers for you. Exactly. But it, but I, okay. I'm just making sure that I'm not, you yeah. know. Yeah, and I kind of, I like, kind of tease hope about it, like, oh, you know, she likes me, and oh, that's we totally should go cool. see her. All right, because I'm, I'm not keeping it from her. Right. All right. Good. I'm like making I, sure. Like I'm not I said, man, you, I, I get the feeling that if you end up doing that, you would kind of know, and you would dial it back. So just keep the line in your mind, man. That's all I'm gonna say. That's a good way to put it, because there have been incidents where, like, I'm... Because here's the other deal, is, like, I am completely unaware if a woman likes me. Like, I have no... Like, there have been times in my adult life where I've looked back on moments in college and been like, oh, my God, she liked me! Like, mm-hmm. slap my help. Like, I never realized it at the time. So I, I have a bad radar for that. And Hope tells me, like, there's a lot of girls that like you. You don't even know it. I'm like, uh, really? So when I do sense it, I always step back. You're there was one recently. Guy, Jay. That's not what I'm saying. But there was one recently where 
uh, Hope pointed out to me, and I'm like, okay, yeah, you're kind of right. I'm going to back this off a little bit. Mm. So, all right, cool. I just want to yeah. make sure. I don't want to be a bad husband. I love my wife very much. I mean, she flashes me on the podcast. What more can I ask from a woman? Is that the only time she flashes you, or does she do it other times, too? Um, A lot. There you go. That's a healthy marriage right there, man. I appreciate that. (laughs) It does. It does, yes. I will have a photo album on it. No, I'm just kidding. Whoa, Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. (laughs) All right. All right, that was a good sin, Ben. I think we both sort of confessed what was on our minds, but uh, in the end, we're not really horrible guys. And I did something legit like douchebaggy, and that's not something I normally do. You didn't do it. You thought it. You're defined by your actions, not your thoughts. I want No, I've walked through pictures twice ah oh, screw that's fine they can i'm just another saying one. I, right. I agree with you i'm just saying i've done it and i didn't feel awful about it so i guess yeah that's why i wanted to uh kind of get the the lay of the land there to see uh, on the scale of douchebaggery how that ranked so i appreciate that jay thanks for not judging me well i hope you feel better man i, really I do. do yeah all right you ready for emails i am indeed ready for emails sir let's do it Email the guys at madhousepod at gmail.com or follow them on Twitter at madhousepod. The email segment, as always, is brought to our, let's try that again, professional broadcaster. This email segment is sponsored by the Black Oak, a newish addition to the South Suburbs. The Black Oak is a full-service restaurant and tavern located at 96th and Pulaski in Oaklawn. The Black Oak serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner with hours from 7 a.m. to 2 a.m., Seven days a week, so like we say, if they're awake, you're if they're awake, you're open. Or if they're open, you're awake. Or if you're awake, they're open. Any of those work. All three. Just go with whichever one you like. They have signature burgers with a retired <laughs> This is going awesome. You are having a wonderful <laughs> read right now. I have I was thinking proprietary in my head before I said it and I knew I'd screw it up when I got there. Mm. Anyway, their burgers are awesome. Beef brisket, beef chuck. Short rib blend, fantastic. Mm. I'm doing a, where I kiss my fingers, that thing. Uh, they got a steak sandwich made from Australian Wagyu sirloin. You will love every bite. 13 TVs, so you'll catch every minute of Blackhawks playoff action on the horizon. So stop by for an outstanding meal and stay for the great atmosphere. Contact the Black Oak at 708-572-4500 or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Black Oak Tavern. The Black Oak, the South Suburbs' finest casual upscale dining. And like we always say, when you go to these fine establishments, let them know that the Madhouse podcast sent you, and they'll stare at you blankly, but we'll feel good knowing you said it anyway. And also mention that we badly butchered the uh, read, and we'll see how that uh, plays with uh, our sponsors, who have been nothing but good to us. They find out that Jay couldn't make it through the word proprietary. It's a hard word. It is. a. I know it's a hard word, especially when you've got so much love in your heart for Latinas. It's just kind of the... It's the way it's going to be right now, I think. You're a jerk. All right. <laughs> the first email comes to us from uh, Paul in... Wait, hold on. Yes, Paul in Watsika, who says James... Hey, I'm in Watsika. That's I so know. weird. He says, James is a small world. Really cool that your mom lives here. I've been around Watsika most of my life and bought a house here when I got married 13 years ago. Next time you visit, I'll buy you a beer or stop by my garage and help yourself to Goose Island in the fridge. There you go. What are you doing tonight? Go find Paul. All right, he says... Tell, you know uh, what, Paul? Email me at jamesnavo at gmail.com. I actually might take you up on that because I don't have a lot of beer here right now. Well, why don't you uh, log into the Madhouse email and find him that way? You know what? I You know what? I guess I could do that. That yeah. sounds like work, though. 
It's a little bit, but you can do it. All right. All he right. says, uh, it appears we'll be seeing a first-round repeat against the Blues. I must address a colossal issue I have had with last year's playoffs. Why in the hell do Stanley Cup playoff games between two central time zone teams start at 8.30 p.m.? Three of the seven games started at this time, and no one to date has been able to give me a reasonable answer as to why. Feel free to answer the following in order. Is the NHL stupid? Yes. Yes. Do they purposely alienate all the working class fans east of the Mississippi? I don't think so. I think, but they do I it think it goes back to it's inadvertent. I yes, will it, say it goes back to the stupidity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, do they even know where their core viewers are or know how to spell demographics? Probably not. Do they really believe West Coast fans give two shits about who plays wins outside your division? I, I honestly feel like the main thing that they're trying to do is they're trying to make sure that teams kind of get like exclusive window i guess you know what i mean like they're trying to not have too much overlap in the games maybe like that's about the only reason i can think of jay am i on the right track with that uh that's got to be it it's just it is a little bit ridiculous no it totally is you know and and uh every year i we hear the same complaint you know from east coast and central division team uh you know or east coast and western conference fans that the games start too late, so it's I don't know. They'll never. They, they must have a reason. I wish they would explain it. But you know, uh, Gary Bettman has so much uh, good customer service. I'm sure he'll just explain that right away. You know what though? We we do have to give Gary Bettman a little bit of credit here. Just a little. Hear me out. They are going to publicize the names of players that are protected and not protected for the expansion draft. Originally they weren't going to. Now they are. Okay. The why NHL, do you like that idea? I. Because how cool is it going to be in the time leading up to that draft to be able to speculate on who the hell they're going to take? That's literally the entire reason to pay attention to it. Oh, it's going to be really cool until you're one of those players and you know Wah. that your team. Wah. Get over it. Jeez, I, take it easy, Milbury. Just saying, man. I, I feel like, <laughs> like I, I get like, oh, we want to make sure the play. Dude, it's a business. Sorry, that's kind of the way it goes. And it's not like you're getting thrown out of the league if you get picked. You get to go to Las Vegas. Oh, darn, what a terrible stroke of luck I've had. I have to go to Las Vegas. And even if you don't get picked, guess what? It's a business. You're still getting paid next season by your team. I, I If anything, it should motivate them to play harder. Be like, hey, I'm going to show you. You're going to make me available. I'm gonna oh, kick. come on. I'm you're just... smarter than that. No. So if Marcus Kruger gets taken by the by the Golden Knights, you're going to say that well he just didn't play hard enough in Chicago. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm that's saying kind of what you're saying. No, I'm saying either you you have there are two things that are going to end up happening. One, you get taken. You put you get to go to Vegas. It's not awful, and your team's not going to be that bad. They deliberately structured this so that you can get some decent players out there. So mm-hmm. it's not like you're going to hockey purgatory if you get sent there. And two, if you don't. It gives you just that little bit more incentive to prove that, hey, you know what? I, you know, am still here, but I'm going to show you that you were wrong for, you know, allowing me to be exposed in this draft. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it's a matter of you didn't play hard enough. That's what, no. I'm just saying that you can, if you look at it positively, you won't have time to worry about, oh, my feelings are hurt. That's all I'm saying. All right. That's, I'm surprised you have that, that take on it. I'm surprised that that's the way you. It's fine. I'm, you're not. You're not. I don't think either of us are wrong. It's just a difference of opinion. Sure. I would just, if I was to predict how you felt about it, I would think you would 
uh, err on the side of players. That's just me. I, was I, I, I think in this instance, I'm taking the side of um, fans who want the process to be more interesting. I think. It definitely is more interesting for fans. There's no question about that. Yeah, You're I, right think, about that. I think that ultimately like wins out over my concern about um, the player and what they like kind of feel about it. And I just was trying to kind of offer some positives for it for the players if they feel that way so i'm trying to i'm trying to be nice but i'm also trying to emphasize the fact that i want this to be as fan friendly as possible fair enough all right next email comes from chris sturm he says with the success caro is having at second line center do you think once anisimov comes back they'll consider uh placing him on the third line with hartman and hosa replacing kruger i think this would give them three viable lines making them by far the top contender in the west in my opinion uh, I'm not taking Marcus Kruger out for Tanner Carroll. I like Tanner Carroll a lot, but I think Marcus Kruger does a lot more. And I know Carroll has put up some offense here. Well, he's playing with Panarin and Kane. That's a big part of it. So um, I'm not making that move. I'm putting Anisimov right back on that second line, bumping Kruger down, and that's it. That's 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 really all I'm doing. I, I'm inclined to agree with you, Jay, but the fact that Tanner Carroll has even made this a discussion speaks a lot to, I think, what kind of player he is. And... But definitely. I've been very impressed with how he's played defensively this season, and honestly, I've really kind of liked the way he's kind of gelled with uh, Kane and Panarin. I, I feel like that's it's a good indicator to me in the future that he can potentially be more than just like an ace penalty killer, that maybe he's got a little bit of offensive upside to his game too. I am very interested to see his offensive upside, and this is a good way to see it, and so far he has not looked uh, left behind. But I think with this small of a sample size, as soon as Anissimo is back, which is should be right before the playoffs, you plug him right back in with that line that's shown oh, yeah. uh, probably the best consistent chemistry over the last two years. I don't I don't mess with that at all. Right. You're keeping Schmaltz on the top line with Panic and Taves. You're putting Anisimov back on the second line. You're kind of reverting back, and there's very good reason to. But at the very least, you know in the future that even in a limited sample size, Tanner Caro has not looked out of place on that line. Definitely. All right, next one from Kevin. He says, have you ever seen a decent team like the Kings become so mediocre and old in one season? Also, Carey Price is one of the captains for the All-Star game and had a C on the jersey. Got me to thinking why there are no goalies who are captains of a team. Is there a logical answer or just one of those things? Um, uh, Roberto Luongo was captain of the Canucks not too long ago. Yes, that's the only one I can think of recently where the goaltender was a captain. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't know. I, I, I think that i don't know it's just kind of always been skaters um part of the role of a captain is to talk to referees when there's a penalty or something that needs to be discussed and mm-hmm. maybe goalies aren't in the best position to do that but um i don't know i i i'm i guess i'm surprised that there haven't been more there's no rule against it obviously um right you obviously just, you don't have a c on your jersey though that's the yeah. only yeah I, I think part of it is the fact that starting goaltenders in the nhl now even the guys who play a lot still only play 60 to 65 games usually they still about a quarter of the season they're not on the ice so I kind of I get that I get why you wouldn't necessarily want your goaltender to be a captain because they're not they're not going to be out there all 82 games that it makes sense there's no rule against it but yeah that's kind of an interesting little uh coincidence all right uh last email here from Craig do you two see any improvement in TVR's ability to manage the puck in the face of a withering four check. He looked pretty overwhelmed in the Tampa game during the second period. Yeah, uh if you come right at T V R he's gonna give you the puck. Pretty much. That's and and I know we've been hard on him this year and I, I don't know if we discussed this last week, but our buddy Blackhawks breakdown 
um, has many graphs that sort of say like where a player belongs, right? Like according to his metrics, he should be a second pairing defenseman. And that's what it says for Van Riemsdyk. And I know his metrics might look better than the eye test, but I see a lot of, uh, you know, errors that are both forced and unforced, him just sort of tripping over the blue line several times. Um, I think he's gotten a lot better and a lot more consistent this year for sure. Absolutely. But he still scares me when he's out there, man. I just, if you come at him with a hard four check, he is a disaster. I'm not going to agree with you that he's gotten a lot better. I've seen improvement, but it's not like leaps and bounds. Like, Oh my God, I feel so much better about him. Not willing to go that far yet. Um, I did want to point out, I know a lot of uh, listeners and a lot of Blackhawks fans have accused uh, Pat Foley and Eddie Olchek of pushing narratives during broadcasts. And one of them I've heard a lot is that anytime Trevor Van Riemsdyk does anything, those guys bang the drum for him incredibly loud. And people have often wondered whether that's like a front office directive, yada, yada. Usually I kind of let that stuff go because conspiracy theories just, I don't really have a ton of time for but the other night when Trevor Van Riemsdyk literally turned his head to make sure he didn't blindly pass the puck to a member of the lightning Pat Foley kept talking about it for like 10 minutes what a it great was so move. ridiculous it is hockey 101 not to blindly pass the puck up the boards if you have time that is not something that you deserve to be praised like you just completed the friggin Sistine Chapel it By the was way, ridiculous. What happened on that play, too? He looked over, and two – it was against the Lightning, right? Yes. Two Lightning's players converged on him and took the puck away. Uh. So it's not like he was like, oh, what a smart, heady play. No, he just didn't make a disaster mistake. <laughs> oh, my God. He, he You're right. He basically crashed a car instead of a plane. That's what happened. Hey, man, and, baby steps. Oh, my God. It was the most, like, ridiculous, like, slobbering praise I've ever heard for a play that just didn't deserve it. You may as well have praised him for tying his skates correctly. Well, see, it that's preposterous. That's the thing that got me when you were gone in Arizona for John Hayden's first game. Yes, I remember your tweets about Oh my that. god. Like and I I think John Hayden's been awesome. I'm not mm-hmm. I really like the kid, but in his first game he played like 6 minutes and pretty much was just out there. That was sort of what he was doing. Just a slobber fest for two and a, it was the whole, I think it was a whole, it was either a first or second intermission in the following period of just a suck fest on John Hayden. I'm like, dude, I get it. Uh, you know, he's American uh, or I don't know, Canadian, whatever he is. Uh, he's North American. He went to college. He's a good looking young skater. Like I get it. He's everything that you love, but let's, let's pump the brakes on John Hayden's first game if they want to do that now after he's put together five six seven strong games by all means mm-hmm. go for it but that first game he was barely even like a factor on the ice at all good or bad he was just a guy out there in uniform skating and they were just like you could you could see the drool coming off their lips it was just weird and that see i wouldn't notice it as much if i didn't notice the them going out of their way to avoid praising Tavo Teravainen and this year they've been that way with Brian Campbell anytime Brian Campbell makes a mistake all ugh, over fully like size about it mm-hmm. like oh, an unforced turnover by 50 like you know he's got his pets he's got his guys and apparently he's not a fan of Brian Campbell wasn't a fan of Tavo Teravainen and he was just loves TVR and John Hayden so 
whatever. It's just it is what it is. But I, I'm with you, man. It's it's a little bit. It's getting a little transparent. Yeah, it's and I don't think I don't think it's a front office directive. For the record, I feel like that kind of part of the theory probably doesn't hold water. But dang, like you can tell they just have guys that they love to love on because that just to me it just kept going on and on and on and i just was like you know what i've had it i'm commenting on this this is ludicrous and yeah a lot of people agreed with me that kind of made me feel good that i wasn't alone and that i wasn't like imagining that drool fest that was woof god yeah totally right all right man very good podcast tonight thank you very much james for your time and your friendship and your guidance. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, make sure you check out our interview with Sean White, our Frozen 4 preview. Um, that's also posted like all the other podcasts. It's just a special edition podcast, about a 20-minute interview with Sean White, scout for the Green Bay Gamblers. He gives you everything you need to know and more about the Frozen 4. So make sure you check that out, as you would any of our Madhouse podcasts. Uh, so until next week, my name is Jay Zawoski for my partner, James Naveau. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast has been brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090, the Black Oak and Oak Lawn, the South Suburbs' finest casual upscale dining, and Marishka's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Thank you all so much for listening. We will talk to you soon. Until then, have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week. Thanks. Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World. The year is 2019, and someone is waiting for the previews to start in a movie theater. Hey, you want anything? Popcorn? Soda? No, nothing? This has been The Sounds of the Old World. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Hot flashes, irritability, intimate dryness, even unsatisfying sex. Hi, I'm Dr. Alyssa Dweck, a board-certified OBGYN who has spent over 20 years helping women just like you safely find relief from these very natural symptoms without having to resort to hormones. To help my patients feel their best, I recommend products from Bonafide Health. Bonafide is a women's health company dedicated to providing women with non-hormonal and clinically validated products that work. Bonafide provides safe and effective solutions to manage a range of menopausal, sexual health, and PMS-related symptoms. That's why I recommend Bonafide products to my patients every day. In fact, I am also a Bonafide medical advisor. What I like most is that Bonafide products provide women real relief without compromise. Ladies, don't waste another minute feeling less than your best. Go to HelloBonafide.com and use code RADIO39 to save 20%. That's HelloBonafide.com and code RADIO39. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Offer valid on subscription only.